I'm late this morning, Upward family. How are y'all today? Good to see y'all. Y'all ready for Christmas? Come on now. Yes, you're ready. It's coming. <laughs> We're in Luke chapter 2 today. Luke chapter 2, part 3 in the conclusion of our series, Keeping Watch. And we've loved learning about the shepherds and learning about their powerful experience. The shepherds experienced an open heaven above them. And today we're going to talk about what to do with an open heaven. All right. I'm going to tell you first of all about an open heaven you don't want to experience. This is true story. It's going to sound like a joke. There's no punchline, but it's true story. A group of Japanese fishermen in World War II, a U.S. ship pulled up on them and found that their boat had been crushed by something. They were clinging to debris of their fishing boat out in the ocean and this ship pulls up and rescues them, pulls them out, and says, what in the world happened? They had a translator there, and the translator said, they said a cow attacked them from heaven. <laughs> and they thought, man, you must have got the translation wrong. There is no way that happened. Ask them again. He said, that's exactly what they said. A cow attacked them from heaven. So they held the guys for questioning because they thought this story was so fantastic. It must be a lie, and maybe they were up to no good. So they held them for a while until finally two American pilots came in and fessed up. They told what they did. They were flying a cargo plane, and they saw, true story, they saw a deserted landing strip below them, and there was a cow wandering on the strip. You ready for this? You don't know what's coming, do you? Um, they thought free steak. They landed, true story, they put the cow in the cargo hold, took off with the cow. They're going to go back to the base and have a barbecue. The cow is a first-time flyer. That's the best laugh I'll get out of this story. Uh, and the cow begins to tear the plane up. And they said, we thought he was going to kill us all. The only thing we could do is pop the cargo hold open. And when we did, we flew out of the ocean. The cow jumped out. <laughs> cow attacks from heaven. <laughs> I just want to tell you, you thought it was bad this service. That joke went over <laughs> terrible in the first service. <laughs> terrible, terrible. You did much, much better. Thank you. I may recover from that. That is not the kind of open heaven we're talking about, though it was an open heaven. Seriously, the shepherds had an open heaven. They had an experience. It's a dark night, a hillside in Bethlehem. They're watching over their flocks when all of a sudden a light turns on, a light brighter than anything they'd ever seen. It was the light of God's glory. An angel appears to them in the midst of that great light. An angel appears and gives them the greatest announcement the world's ever heard, that the king of the world, the creator of the universe, has been born and has taken on human flesh, and that he's just a short distance away as a baby wrapped in a manger. They hear this tremendous news. Heaven opens up before them, and they leave to go see this great sight. Heaven opened up to the shepherds in that moment. And gave them great news. Do you know it's good news that Jesus came? It's good news that the Word became flesh. It's good news that Jesus came to this earth. It's good news that Jesus died for our sins. 
I don't have to pay the price for my sins because Jesus paid the price for me. I don't have to live under the power of sin because Jesus broke the power of death. It's good news that Jesus rose from the dead. If any of you have questions about the validity of Jesus, I'll tell you what. Just look at the fact that he predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection and pulled it off. Anybody that does that's got my attention. It's good news that Jesus came to earth. So they receive this experience from God that heaven literally opens up above them and pours out a blessing on them that they cannot contain. And you know, I love it because in that moment, it happened several times in the Bible that heaven opened up and heaven manifested its reality down to earth. Several times. When Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River, the Bible said the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and rested on Jesus. The heavens were opened. When Jesus died, the same word is used for the heavens opened and an earthquake came and the veil of the temple was torn, giving access to the presence of God and graves were shaken open and people came out of their graves when Jesus died. He died, they came alive. Powerful picture. In fact, the condition of the shepherds in having an open heaven above them is how God wants us to walk as Christians in our everyday life. Did you know Jesus didn't put us on this earth just to build a church? I love Upward Christian Fellowship, but it's going to pass away one day. There'll be no more Upward Christian Fellowship one day. There'll be no need for it. So I'm not building an organization. What we're called here to do is to take heavenly realities and bring them to bear on our earthly situations. You don't believe that? Jesus prayed and he taught us how to pray and this is what he said. On a regular basis, you're to pray to God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a prayer for an open heaven. And we experience that from time to time in our lives. Sometimes heaven opens and God pours out a blessing on you that you're not able to contain. Anybody ever experienced that? Anybody ever had heaven open an opportunity before you that was tremendous and you knew it was a God thing? Has God ever just blessed you in a way that nobody but God can do that? We've had people come up after prayer, uh, after the service for prayer, and we prayed for them, and they said, I got healed in that moment. God instantly healed me. Heaven opens up and manifests itself here on earth. Whether you know it or not, heaven has opened up over us in the last two weeks. I launched out and thought I was being so, such a powerful man of faith. Last year, you guys gave like $170,000 to help keep people in their homes over Christmas. I thought, I'm going to launch out in faith and challenge upward to give $200,000 to fight human trafficking. I thought I was a great big man of faith. You didn't give $200,000. You gave $307,000. That's going around the world now. It's going around the world now to save people's lives. Soak in that for just a minute. We're not a small church, but we're not a huge church. We just gave over $300,000, 307 to be exact. And in fact, it's still coming in. More is coming in today. In fact, if you still want to give to it, you can, and it will go right out to the same place. What you gave 
is saving the lives of people all over the world. What you gave is going to allow people to go in and rescue people from human trafficking, give them a home to live in, and ministry to restore them after they come out. They also provide training for parents on how not to fall into that trap and let their children become victims of this. And they do it in North Carolina and all over the world. You're not ready for as good as it's going to get because you don't even know the half of it yet, literally. You don't know the half of this story. We gave this money. We wired it on uh, Wednesday of this week. We wired it to uh, A21, and I was nervous. I was like, make sure, triple check all those numbers. And I was in contact with the folks at A21. I said, let me know when it lands there. We've never sent this much before. We got on a Zoom call with them, and I want to tell you how God really opened heaven in a big way. They told us this. When we told them what we were giving and how we were, their jaws dropped open, they said, let's Zoom call. We did. We, we met with their representatives. And they said, here's what you don't know. Earlier this year, a donor called them and said, I'm going to bless your ministry, and I'm going to issue a challenge. He said, for every dollar given in December, I will match it dollar for dollar. That was good, but that wasn't quite good enough. Could you hear me? $614,000 going around the world right now to change people for Jesus. Oh, I love it. Heaven's open up before us, folks. Heaven's open up above us. We can't do that by ourselves. You didn't do that because I said to. God looked down at me. Jesus heard me issuing that challenge for 200000 and Jesus said, watch this. Anybody, anybody believe Jesus can say, watch this? He certainly can. Watch what I'm going to do. And he laid it on your heart and your heart and your heart and my heart. And we gave. And I'm going to tell you what blows me away. I heard some stories of people who gave. I heard one story of someone who doesn't have a whole lot that gave and sacrificed what is to them an astronomical amount. And I thought, they gave out of need and blessed children all over the world. Heaven's opened up to us, folks. What do you do when heaven opens up? How do you live under an open heaven? Luke chapter 2 tells us how the shepherds did it. You ready? Luke chapter 2. We're going to talk about four verses today. Luke chapter 2 will begin in verse 15. How do we respond when heaven opens up to us? It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village. I love the response of the shepherds. God opens heaven, and the first two words are, let's go. Let's go. Any of you have friends that are like, let's go. Any of you have friends that you could call at midnight and say, let's go get a pizza, and they're like, let's go. Can you raise your hands if you have friends like that? I would like their names, please, because I want them to be my friends. Any of you have any friends that you know you can call and say, let's go get something to eat? They're in. I'm in. Let's go. I love this about the shepherds. They just said, let's go. That's the kind of faith they had. They immediately believed what the angels said to them, and they said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go see this great thing that the angels had told us about. The angels told them, said, 
Unto you is born this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Very detailed. And they said, let's go. They believed immediately. How do I know they believed? Because of their actions. How is our faith demonstrated? In our actions. If you believe something, you're going to live that way. Some people say, well, your works don't get you into heaven. And that's absolutely 100% true. Your works do not get you into heaven. It's your faith in Jesus Christ that makes the way in his sacrifice. And your faith opens the way to heaven. But I want you to understand this. Your works prove whether or not you have true faith. What you do says what you believe, not what you say. The shepherd said, let's go. I'm in. Let's go after it. Oh, folks, when heaven opens up before you, move with heaven. In fact, I think we can get into rhythm with heaven. You know, I think there are rhythms in how God moves. And I think we can get into the rhythms of heaven as he opens heaven up in front of us. We can learn how he speaks. We can learn how he approaches. We can learn what moves his heart. When heaven opens... We move. Maybe it's time for you to say, let's go. Maybe you've been sitting on something for a long time and you've just kind of been debating it. The shepherds didn't spend a whole lot of time saying, was that real? Was that real? They said, let's go see it. And it says this about it. It said, and they hurried to Bethlehem. They said, let's go now. I'm a very now type of person. I'm a little too now for my wife sometimes. I'm like, would you call Michael? She's like, I will. I'm like, you mean now? I'm like, well, yeah, won't you call him now? Well, I'm busy with something. I'll call him myself. She does that to me as well. I'm very now. If I think something needs to be done, it's like, hey, let's do it. The shepherds were this way. We've heard this great news. We're not going to sit here on this news. Let's go experience it. Let's go see. And they hurried. Any of you ever missed an opportunity? Because you waited? I'm not trying to put some sort of anxiety or frenzy upon you that you have to hurry because God is a God of peace. And he's not trying to rush you but when he opens up something before you, jump in. I was standing a couple years ago behind a lady in the grocery store, and I had one of those God rhythm moments. God talks to me in the grocery store. I'm going to tell you that. God talks to me in the grocery store. And if I run into you in the grocery store, God's talking to me, and he'll tell me stuff. <laughs> he often tells me, buy that for somebody. So I like to get in behind that person that's got two Snicker bars. <laughs> See, I'm one of y'all. Don't act all smug out there. You're one of me too. Really, it was around Christmas time, and I remember this most Christmases. I pulled in behind this lady, and she had not one of the, you ever been to the Angles, and they got the tiny little carts, then they got the medium, then they got the ones that look like an 18-wheeler. She had the 18-wheeler full of groceries, full. 
overflowing. My first thought was, Lord, it's going to take six hours to check all that out. Till the voice of the Holy Spirit in my heart said, pay for that. And I argued. Because it was going to be expensive. I'm like, God, i got to buy Christmas stuff too. That's a lot of money. So finally I said, okay, God, I'll do it. Then another voice came in and said, she's alone and you're a guy. She's going to think you're a creep. And I started doing all these reasoning, and I didn't know how to approach it. And I was wanting to say, hold up, and I didn't want to make a scene. And I had a conversation so long with myself fighting about it, she paid for her groceries. And I'm like, fail. I missed it because I hesitated. When the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, act. Act. Say, what if I wasn't supposed to bless them? You blessed them anyway. I, I have little patience with this type of thing. People say, should we tip people when they do this? Stop being a legalist. Bless everybody you come in contact with. Sometimes I feel like I've got to drag y'all, and I'm dragging some people today. What if I didn't get good service? Maybe they had a bad day, and God, you sent you there to bless them anyway. God blessed you when you didn't give him good service. <laughs> Boy, that was good. Woo! Woo! Where'd that come from? That's not here. Woo! Give me some more of that stuff, God. When God speaks, when God opens heaven, jump in with both feet. Amen? When heaven opens, we move. Secondly, when heaven opens, we learn. Here's what you're going to learn. It says, verse 16, they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Don't you know why that's so significant that it's said that way? Because the angel said, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The angel was very specific about which baby it was. I promise you, there were no other babies laying in a manger. That is a trough. We ought to take away the word manger and say trough from now on because that's what it was. Manger sounds all beautiful to us. It's a trough. You will find the baby in a trough wrapped in swaddling clothes. When they got there, what they learned? There was the baby lying in a manger. Very specific. Here's what you'll learn when you move with God you'll learn that everything is just as God said it would be. His promises are always fulfilled. I hate false advertising. I really hate false advertising. You ever bought anything on Amazon and you thought it was this wide and it was this wide? A bottle that looked this big, was that tall? My wife brought me a bottle this morning. She said, you could use this today. It's a little, uh, some sort of a cream that she puts on her face or something. There's like 10,000 of those things, but I don't know what they are. But uh, Not that she needs any of it, because she doesn't. <sighs> Pray for me. <laughs> she said, look at this bottle, and it's a bottle about this high, and it's about that big around. And the compartment inside of it is like a thimble. 
and as all you good husbands would say, my next comment was, how much do you pay for that? <laughs> she didn't tell me. Because I had to preach today, don't need to get mad. <laughs> False advertising. God doesn't do you that way. Amen. I was a little boy, I loved grandfather clocks, mainly because of Captain Kangaroo. That makes me old. Does anybody have a clue what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know Grandfather Clock and Captain Kangaroo. Raise your hand up high. Notice all the gray hair around the building, all the gray hair. That's us. That's us. We know. I always wanted an old Grandfather Clock because Captain Kangaroo was a kid's show, and he talked to the Grandfather Clock, and I thought it would be so cool to have a Grandfather Clock. So when I was a kid, I wanted to have an antique Grandfather Clock. Never did get one, and I don't don't get me one because I don't know what I do with one today. So uh, okay, uh, but uh, what was I going to say? Mom and dad, <laughs> y'all got to help me this morning. Um, Mom and dad got an invitation to go see a timeshare presentation. It's about three hours from home, and I opened the brochure, and it said everybody that sees it gets a free grandfather clock. It's a true story. It's really happened, and. Uh, so I said, y'all got to go to this, get the grandfather clock. Y'all got to go. We're going to have us a grandfather clock. And they went. And I stayed home, and I was so excited because mom and dad were going to bring home a grandfather clock. And I pictured a great big grandfather clock. When they got home, I could tell things were not as they should be. Because, first of all, it was in a cardboard box, and you had to put it together. And when I really knew this thing was going bad is I opened it up, and there were a couple AA batteries in the top. And I thought, a real grandfather clock does not need AA batteries. It was a particle board thing that had a little thing to put the batteries in that ran the clock. And, and if you got one of those, praise God, that's, it will keep time. But it's not what I was looking for. Right? Aren't you glad God never does that to us? Let me tell you about God. He over-delivers. Not because he can't tell you what he's got for you but because your brain cannot comprehend how good what he has for you really is do you know how good heaven's going to be people ask me all the time will I have my dogs in heaven people ask me that now I know there's people listening who well there can't be no dogs in heaven God can put anything he wants in heaven he can take all your dogs to heaven, and when you get in the pearly gates, open the gate, and they all come running out. Some of you had so many dogs, that may seem like a nightmare. I don't know, but he can bring all your dogs if he wants to. Stop being a Pharisee. Can you tell I'm mean this morning? I'm mean. Don't mess with me today. Here's what I tell people about him. I don't know about all that, I, but I can tell you this. Imagine the greatest place with the most life and the most joy, the most peace. The best thing you can imagine. Multiply it by 100 billion and you won't even get close to heaven. The Bible said, eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You haven't even come close to heaven, my friend, no matter what you've imagined. What you find out when heaven opens is you learn God is faithful to his promises. And beyond. If we could get a glimpse of heaven for a moment, we'd never fear death again. 
I believe this. When a person, a Christian, closes their eyes in death on this side, they open it on the other side to see Jesus face to face. And people always think, what are we going to do when we see Jesus? People say, I'm going to ask Jesus about this. No, you won't. As soon as you see him, you're going to be like, oh, I get it. First thing, we're going to fall down at his feet and worship him. Then after about 85 years of that, we'll get up and we'll understand everything. His promises are greater than anything your mind can comprehend. When we have an open heaven, we move. When we have an open heaven, we learn that God is faithful to his promises. The last one today, when heaven opens up, we praise. We praise. And I love this part of it. Said after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. I want you to understand this. Praise often is what we do in here, and that's good. Did you know worship is not a concert, it's a participatory event? Matt's not up here giving a concert. He's up here worshiping Jesus, and you're you're worshiping Jesus too. Somebody told me one time, I didn't really like the worship today, and I said, well, it wasn't for you. Get that? This ain't a concert. We're not trying to make you happy with that. We're trying to make him happy, right? So if you don't like it, just join in and make him happy, and you'll get happy. Amen. I told you, don't mess with me today. But uh, praise is not just that. Praise is when you tell other people what God's done for you. The shepherds went to Mary and Joseph, and the first people I believe they told about the angels' announcements was Mary and Joseph. And I want you to think about this. You may have never thought this before. Mary and Joseph needed to hear that. They'd just been taken out to a barn or a cave, and their baby who an angel had promised them, get this, an angel promises you this, then you have a baby. Do you think Mary ever questioned and ask herself, am I crazy? I would have. Do you think Joseph, he saw an angel too. Does, does he think, did I eat some bad pizza that night? Am I nuts? I'm going to throw this in for free, but when heaven opens up for you, sometimes you'll think you're crazy. Because God will tell you two things that are too great for you to understand. Mary and Joseph could have questioned it. And they would have opportunity to question whether this boy was the Messiah or not for much of their lives. They were called to some special things. They were given a calling that's so high and so powerful to raise the Messiah. But they'd just been laid this baby in a manger, and maybe they were in a moment of questioning when all of a sudden shepherds show up. And Mary and Joseph say, where'd you come from? And the shepherd said, I got a story to tell you. We don't know what's going on here, but we're just lowly shepherds here. And all of a sudden, the lights were turned on out in the middle of that field over there. And it was as bright as day over us, and an angel from heaven appeared to us. And then there was a whole army of angels. And they said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. Angels just told us that a baby is the Messiah. And let me tell you what's freakier than that. The angel told us he'd be in a manger, and there he is. And the angel told us he'd be wrapped in swaddling clothes and strips of rags. And there he is. Mary, Joseph, that's the Messiah right there. 
They needed that. Have you ever come to church and didn't want to praise? Yeah, have, you ever, have you ever come to church hurting and just thought, it, I, I may be less spiritual than you, but there have been times I came to church and I was so down that I didn't want to hear people praising God because I felt like God had let me down. Okay, that's our daily dose of getting real at Upward here, right? Right? I was like, God, where have you been all week? And now these people singing how good you are. It hadn't felt so good this week. Then I see somebody else praising. And their praise deposits something in my heart. One of my favorite moments when we do baptism at church is we bring all the children in here. And on Baptism Sunday, all the kids come up and they fill both corners. They used to fill a row. Now they fill both corners. And if you've never done this, they, they learn the same worship songs that we sing here. They sing there. So they know them. So when the team gets up here and sing, the loudest one in the rooms are the kid. I'm just telling you, they put you to shame. They put us all to shame when they're up here singing. You can even, if you watch it online, I've been out of town and watched baptism online, and I could hear those kids over there praising God. One of the most precious parts of baptism is them. We're never going to stop bringing them in here. We may have to push the chairs in to make it all happen, but we're going to do it. You see, sometimes... Other people need your praise. Other people need you to be praising God for his glorious works because it picks them up. I know Mary needed it. Here's what the verse says. You ready for this? It said, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. I love what the King James Version says. It says, Mary treasured these things in her heart what are these things the story that the shepherd told them the story of praise Mary treasured it in her heart your praise deposits a treasure in other people's hearts that they can draw out of from the rest of their lives do you hear me I didn't say that well Your praise deposits treasure in other people's hearts. When you tell them how good God has been and they see your worship in the midst of trials, they get a treasure that they can draw from forever. Amen. Amen. Shepherds just said, this is what happened. And it gave Mary ammunition. To fight the battles of life. Amen. What happens when heaven opens up? First of all, we move upward. Here's going to be our rallying cry next year. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We need to build a $14 million building. Pastor came up to me last week. A pastor heard about the gift we gave to fight human trafficking. He said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. That building's already paid for. Let's go. We're going to transform our community this year like never before. Let's go. We're going to go. In your life, whatever you've been sitting on and waiting on, it's time to go. It's time to do it. It's time to take the next step of obedience God has put in front of you. Secondly, we're going to see the faithfulness of God like ever before. Do you know God's going to bless these gifts? 
When you give to God, he pours out a blessing on you that you're not able to contain. Do you hear me? God's going to bless us with resources that we can keep blessing other people. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. We're going to give away $1 million one Christmas. We might do it next year. People say, you need a building project and you're giving away. That's why it's called radical generosity. Lastly, we're going to become people of praise. We're going to praise Him in the storm. We're going to praise Him in the victories. And that praise we give forth is going to bolster everybody else around us. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today, for your presence, for your spirit, for your power. We bless your name today, Jesus. Thank you for your grace and mercy that's extended toward us. Thank you for your faithfulness that's so real. Thank you for your word that finds its home in every heart that's open. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're not going to embarrass anybody. We don't do that. But if you're here today and you're saying yes to Christ as your Savior, I had several this week already. If that's you today, I don't want to embarrass you. But if you say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Can I see your hand really quick? Would you raise it up where I can see it? God bless you. Thank you for that. God bless you. God bless you. couple hands. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. If you're here and say, Pastor, it's time for me to say, let's go. I've been sitting on something that's time to move on. Can I see your hands? It's time to say, let's go. Yep, bunch of hands. Yep, see them. See them. Anybody else? How many can say, Pastor, I want to be a person of praise? I've let enough complaining go out of my mouth. It's time for praise to replace that. Can I see your hands? Oh, I'm going to be a person of praise. Awesome, awesome. Let's pray right now with those saying yes to Jesus. If you're here watching online, you're saying yes to Jesus this morning, pray this prayer with me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for dying for me on the cross, for paying for my sin. I ask you today, come into my heart, be my Savior, be my Lord from this day forward. My life belongs to you. Turn away from my sins and I turn to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate that today as we stand? All right. Awesome. Y'all ain't worried about those new service times at all, are you? You're like, yeah, same thing for me. All right. Let me bless you today. All right. I want you to think about this one before you receive it. I tell people this. You don't have to receive all these. You know, you'd be wise to, I think, obviously. But uh, some of them you might need to think about. I want to pray a blessing over you today of an increased sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You want that? Let me just tell you what goes with that sometimes. That can be difficult, just being honest. I'm not trying to be negative about it. When you get an increased sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, if you have an unkind word for somebody, you feel it more. If an attitude comes in, you feel it more. I'm just going to tell you. If you stray off the path in some way, and we all do, you feel it more when you have an increased sensitivity. That's what you're asking for. I want to tell you something else you feel a lot. When you ask for an increased sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, you sense needs around you more than you ever did. You walk into a restaurant and you'll feel somebody's pain. That is a wonderful blessing. It's not the most fun thing in the world sometimes. Do you understand that? I'm not trying to be negative about it. I just want you to understand, with that sensitivity comes a great awareness, but all with it also comes Jesus' presence over your life in a powerful way that outstrips any of the challenges that comes with it. Okay, you want that this morning? I want to pray it over you. Father, 
I speak and pray and believe for an increased sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. As the shepherds went back to their flocks and continued to praise you, God, may we, as we go about our daily experiences of getting up, going to work, taking care of our kids, may we be increasingly sensitive to your presence, Jesus. In the morning, we can sense your presence, get along with you, and walk throughout the day knowing what you're doing, getting in sync with the rhythms of heaven every day. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Now I commission you, go out, make Jesus known everywhere you go in his name. Amen.